Good evening and welcome all that matters listeners on behalf of IGMA Inc. Thank you so very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to connect with me here on our weekly talk show, All That Matters. As a gentle reminder, our brand concept for each broadcast is to interview and discuss topics focused on typically blinked strategic pillars. What are they? You guys ask great questions. Business, legal matters, education, nonprofit technology, and healthcare. And every now and again, we segue off when topics that are going on in the society in which we live are just too hot to to let them not be discussed on our talk show. As always, our special guests are committed to sharing great insight, resources, answers, tips, and strategies to help empower individuals and organizations typically seeking to cope and sustain ourselves, especially in this new season of new normalcy. So today, I would like to say in celebration of Black History Month and the month of love, a decision was made to engage in a conversation with two of my dearest friends, two phenomenal men whom I like to believe they are my go-to men. Whenever I need to know something about life or about what's trending in society, these are the gentlemen that I go to. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome two amazing men, Mr. Bobby Hart and Mr. Gregory Bonton. Gentlemen, how are you? Very good, thank you. How are oh, you? look at y'all. Y'all rehearsed that, huh? You're trying to sound like you <laughs> rehearsed saying fine and thank you. Y'all not going to get no checks, so let's just go right into this. I want you guys, if you will, to start off by sharing a little bit about yourself. And so since I've known you for the longest, Gregory, why don't you state your name and a little bit about your background to our amazing audience? Sure. I go by Greg. My son is Gregory, but uh, that's okay. Uh, Greg Bonton. Uh, I've been, uh, like I said, yeah, Angela and I went to Forest Hill Elementary way back in the day. Also, uh, uh, Rebalt Junior and Rebalt Senior High. Then she left me, but uh, uh, <laughs> I, I left and went into the military. I did 22 years there. I was IT grad, graduated from U, while, while in the military, I graduated from University of Tampa with a bachelor's degree. And then I went ahead and got my master's degree from Webster University. And I've been in IT ever since. Uh, man, 30 years of it. Uh, married my wife when I was 22. We still married today. Uh, that's uh, coming up on 40 years here. I'll be 62 here next month, matter of fact. So uh, looking forward to, you know, life has been good. There's been some challenges. And, you know, I guess that's what this is all about. Just talk about how you get through those challenges and, uh, you know, work through it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, let me just go ahead and say this for the record. I like Bonton when we were growing up and I hope I don't get him in any trouble. He's always been smart. <laughs> And I, sh- I knew it was a reason why I needed to stay close. So I'm so glad we still got our friendship. But before I get into all the good stuff, Bobby, don't think you're going to get off the hook. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about your background, please, sir? I'm Bobby, and I go by Bobby. I was born and raised in a small town uh, that's been on the na- nation's map recently, uh, Brunswick, Georgia. And a lot of people know that town because of the Ahmaud Arbery uh, situation. Grew up in a family of low income, poor, so I aspired to do better. And I saw my path to a higher level of education and training by joining the military. I served for 24 years, but while in the military, I obtained my bachelor's and master's degree. And after I left the military, I entered the profession of information technology. Oh, and as far as being married, I've been married 30 plus years. Wow. 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you caught those common denominators. Let me just take us back through them. First of all, these gentlemen have been knowing me for quite some time. If you didn't catch it, they're both IT professionals, somewhat consultants in their own right as well. Not to mention, they've been married for over three, almost four decades. Okay, y'all, that's almost unheard of. So with that said, I don't know if you also caught, we are all graduates of Webster University. Did y'all know that about each other? Mm -mm. <laughs> How about that? How about that? See, you know what? This is why I just trust faith to take me where I need to go. Because initially, guys, we were going to just stay with the whole unsung heroes. And I started thinking, you know what? Some of the, the guests couldn't show up. Let me call on my two favorite men. And here they are right here with me today. So ladies and gentlemen, if you've not figured it out, we are going to go someplace with this discussion. This discussion, in my opinion, is going to allow you guys to get insight about their backgrounds, their marital bliss that's been longstanding, not to mention technology. And guys, if it's okay with you before it's all done, we're going to talk about some of these hot topics that are trending in our society today. Is that okay with you guys? Sounds like a plan. Okay, but okay. I want the people to know, FYI, you guys are in your original marriage. Let me just get this out here. You're in your original marriage and never been divorced, right? That is correct. Speak now forever. Hold your peace. That's correct. Okay. What about children? How many kids do you have, Greg? I have two boys. Two boys. And what are their ages now? Uh -huh, 35, 35 and 24. Okay. So they're in that millennial group. And Bobby, how many kids do you have? I have two. And uh, they are? One male, one, one a daughter. The male is 30, I think he's 36, 37. The daughter is 20, 27. So oh. yeah, the male is 37. Yes. Okay now. So ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys are catching on to all of these wonderful characteristics of both of you guys. And the thing I probably should have said before I even got started, Gentlemen, thank you for your military service. No, no worries. No worries. Thank, thank you. you. No, thank you, guys. Greg, just to go back for just a minute, which branch of the military were you in? The only one service. Army. <laughs> the Army. <laughs> no fighting. No fighting. And Bobby, which branch, <laughs> which branch were you in, Bobby? Well, of course, the only one service, the U.S. Navy. <laughs> oh, so now we got a little squabble going on. You know, you can't bring men together without there being some type of challenge here. Quick question. Greg, why did you choose the Army? Well, uh, actually, as you remember, you know, I ran track and cross country. And the right. Navy uh, sponsored us a lot. But I just couldn't see myself staying on that water all the time because if I didn't like it, I couldn't get off. Oh, excuse <laughs> me, Tone. Okay, now, Bobby, you got a chance here. Why did you join the Navy? Well, it was purely accidental. Uh, my <laughs> intention was... Wait a minute, did you say accidental? It, it was. Uh, <laughs> in a small town, all the recruiters for the military was in one building. And I was really intended to join the Air Force because I had older relatives that were in the Air Force. And the Air Force recruiter wasn't there. The Navy recruiter was there and he asked me, okay, what was my intentions? And I told him my intention was mostly, was predominantly education and training. And he whipped out all the, all the stuff that met my needs. And basically speaking, the Air Force guy was on lunch or something like that. So he, 
that was how I ended up in the United States Navy. Mm -hmm. Wow, I didn't even realize that. I, I guess I never really asked. And Greg, I remember you were very good at track and field. So that's a whole nother discussion. You know, we could stay there because we've been under the auspices of some other living legends. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get ready to take a quick break. And I know you think we're just shooting the breeze, but we are going somewhere with this conversation. I just wanted to have the pleasure of you guys knowing who is on board and why. These are two of my favorite phenomenal men. And the reason I'm coming to them is because these are my go-tos. They think I'm smart, but they each help me to deal with the other. So needless to say, we're going to get ready to take a quick break and we will be right back. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for taking that quick break with us. You can tell I'm having a ball because we learned even throughout the break, we were talking about how the three of us went to Webster and didn't even realize it, but that's just how good of a school it is. So needless to say, let me be transparent for just a minute. These two guys, if you didn't catch on, these are my go-to current event gurus. If I want to know what's going on in society, I check with them. And so Today, we're going to kick off this rich conversation a little bit more up the antes, if you will. And what I want to do is go back and talk about, since this is considered the love month, guys, you have been married. You can state again how many years you've been married. And, and you, if you want to tell about your beautiful bride and all that wonderful stuff, you can. Don't get in no trouble because y'all got to sleep with them. But at the end of the day, what I want you guys is to talk about what has marriage been like? for starters, and we'll come back to maybe some advice for those that are looking to get married, maybe that are already married. Hopefully they're not trying to get out, but I believe you guys can speak life into some of our guests. So let's start by talking about, and, and I guess Greg, since she went first, Bobby, if you wanna go first this time, go back to when you got married. Were you already in the military? Did you just know this was gonna be your bride? Did you meet in the military? Talk about, tell us about that for those love listeners? Well, yes, I was in the military. By the time I did meet my <clears throat> future wife, I was uh, 21 years old out in California. And at that time I had been in the military for, oh gosh, at least two going on three years about around that time. And so with my experience being in the military, being in the Navy, I have also been, served sea time going out to sea, traveling, things of that sort. Now, just because at that time I met my future wife, that doesn't mean that as a young man, I didn't date. I obviously did date young ladies of my age in different locations. And, and you gotta understand my mindset at the time where I may have the wisdom now at my age, I had whatever wisdom I had differently as a young man. So the one thing I knew at that point there was two characteristics that, that would have to be at the top of the list. Obviously, you can go through, uh, they gotta be, the person has to be intelligent, beautiful, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but at the top, there, there had to be honesty and integrity, okay? That, that was at the top. And then uh, third was commitment. And uh, I always had one question for every uh, young lady I dated that the relationship could have went to a serious level. And the question was, if you married me and I walked out that door because of my job and I'm gone 
anywhere from six to nine months and you hear nothing from me. And I come back to that door where you love me the same as the day I left. Uh, you're about to make me. It's getting, yeah. <laughs> okay, keep going. Yeah, and, and someone says, oh, you gotta be joking. That, that was a serious, true question. And when the reality of that question actually hit the young lady, they said, no, you, you're right. I said, I said, that's a possibility, but what if I don't? What if I'm in a situation, I can't write a letter, talk to you, will you still love me the same as you do now? And they said, no, I can't do that, okay? Well, fortunately for me, I met a woman that said, I believe I can. And within the 30 years plus of our marriage, she's proven that she can. Aww. So you go, girl. I, I, <laughs> I gotta give a cool go, Michelle. Ah! All right. <laughs> what about you, Greg? Same story or different scenario? Yeah, mine's a little different, you know. Same thing though. I was twenty uh I was twenty-two when we met. So I was in a unit that was it was all personnel it and finance so it was you know almost like a, it was almost like a college campus and we had a ball and we partied a lot and then here comes this young lady and she just kind of blew my mind away you know well, she tell just her about her name don't just say young lady keep us out of suspense tell us oh, her name right my wife is antoinette uh so you know she came and she was in the military she, she came into the unit uh, you know, I'm like, oh man, and she and you know, we started talking and I started, you know, the same thing, had a lot in common. And then she just kept flirting with me. You know, I just, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I was, you know, I was already actually was with somebody else at the time, you know, not seriously, and that's how it was then. But you know, we, and then we kind of started hooking up and having fun. You know, I said that time I was a DJ in the club, and you know, I used to just do all kind of stuff and all that stuff, you know, I never forget. <laughs> My wife is kind of like, I uh, kind of mind a little bit like you, Miss Griffin. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh, tell you, shame the devil. And uh, you know, I'm making a everybody come in. You know, I, I was a young lady, a German lady, that I used to make tapes for. So that was down in the city, and uh, she kept coming into the booth. And it, my girlfriend at the time, but more, you know, soon to be my wife. She said she, I know she, she came up with a glass and set it on next to the DJ booth. So it, she said, you know, I ain't gonna say what she said, but she said, that woman come back over here one more time. <laughs> See, that's my kind of girl. Go on, Antoinette. Shame the devil. Say it. Keep going. You know, so it is the same. So, we're, you know, I was actually, the, the, and, and we got married because, you know, uh, Bobby can tell you, you know, we are only in units for so long. And I, since I got there first, I was due to leave. And I couldn't bear leaving. So I extended. And uh, you know, and I asked her to marry me, and she did, and we went from that point on. So, and and the secret to our success is that you know, one of the things I told you know, as a young, you know, we were both young and dumb back in the day, did a lot of stuff that we had to work through. But communication, number one, you got to talk, you got to talk it out. You know, you can't, you know, it, you know the old saying is that don't go to bed mad. It, 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 it's there for a reason. But one of the things that we said is that you know, here's the thing: we're both in the military, we're both professional, and we're both career. If we put this thing together and we work it out, we come out of the military. Now, this is a plan. So I'm always thinking plan long term. You know, we come out the military, we have military, and then we go into our, our whatever life we're going to do as far as a career. And that makes life easy for us. And she, and she 
called home. She could see the same idea that I saw, and that's what we did. And we worked it and worked it and worked it. And, you know, so, and we both saw the results. And after the results come, hmm, you know, and then, you know, we, and then it also helps that we both truly love each other. So, you know, so that's the thing. That's, that's the thing that if you, you have to get somebody A, you know, a lot of times we get, in, you know, we get married for all kinds of reasons, but we really don't know the person. But I think is that if, I think also that you got to realize that, you know, God is in control. And I think I used to always say, you know, in my little my little saying was that, you know, there's five women to every one man. If I can't get one of mine, I get one of yours. But <laughs> you know, the thing is, is that it's, you have to find that one that's, that's, that God has for you. And when you do, everything else will work itself out. Wow. You know, I'm curious. You guys, first of all, it sounds like you guys have established a friendship with your mates. Is that a safe assumption? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, I did not marry my wife right off the bat. I mean, we dated and got to know each other prior to that time. Good, good. Now, Valentine's here. We're in that love month. It's been a lot of Valentine's. So what are maybe two things that you believe are good Valentine's gifts for a mate who you've been married to for nearly, what, three, four decades? What do you give now? You know, it's kind of like Christmas. You know, you've been married for so long and you got everything. <laughs> you know, what we do, we like to do is spend time together. So for example, you know, we're going on, we're going to go on a quick jaunt vacation down to Miami, you know, just have a good time. That's the thing, you know, that, you know, those like those like those little spontaneous things that you do. Because, you know, again, you know, you know, diamonds, necklaces, earrings, all that stuff, you know, that was in the younger days, you know. You know, it's not as important as it is now that you're in your twilight years. <laughs> I don't, I don't, maybe that's twilight might be a bit strong, but <laughs> it's your thing. I, it's okay because whatever you've done is working. What about you, Bobby? You, you decided no gift, a gift, getaway gift. What, what's on your agenda? Well, I have to agree with Greg. As he said, Jewelry, things like that is uh, at this point is, is null and void. Being creative, such as, you know, most of when somebody thinks about Valentine's Day, here's some, some roses in a vase. Okay. Or maybe here's some roses with a teddy bear. Or here's some roses with a balloon. Or here's some edible roses. And we're going to eat them together. So, I, I just throw those out as examples. You got to be creative in your gift. And, and then maybe the, a special excursion. It doesn't have to be leaving town, going somewhere else. It could be an excursion of, hey, on Valentine's Day, we're going to go ride horses. And you never rode a horse before. But that's why we're going to do it this time. Mm -hmm. Something, you know, something that's you never done before. How out special. of the norm. How special. See, that's what my problem was. I think I got ahead of myself. I didn't establish good communication. I didn't establish a friendship. So I'm just going to be transparent. I should have listened to you guys when I wasn't listening. Now I want to listen. Oh, well, here nor there. We're going to get ready to take a quick break, guys. I just appreciate your transparency. I hope whoever's listening that's wondering, 
what's next, how to keep the spice going. They take the advice that you've given so far. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and take our second break and we will be right back. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for taking that quick break with us. During the break, I was mentioning to the guys, you know, I really appreciated their comments. But guys, before we start talking about our next subject, was there anything else that you wanted to add with regards to Valentine's, the love month, anything that you might do on a regular that others might not know to do? Well, one of the things I said is that, of course, is that I, I was telling you, Bobby mentioned the flowers. Every Valentine, regardless, I always buy flowers from my wife. Always. I either leave them, you know, having the night before and so when she wake up, she can see them. Or I have them delivered to her office. And so, you know, just, you know, I think that's always a good, you know, always you know, the little things do count. Yes, they do. What about you, Bobby? Anything? Do you like flowers or do you like the edible ones? No, no, I do the flowers, but I change it up. As I said, it may be roses in a special vase, or maybe roses and balloons, maybe roses and a teddy bear, and maybe roses with a box of candy, or it may be edible roses. There's different methods to present that flower. Right. And so that's the approach I take. But but in summary, I, I present a flower every Valentine's Day, whether she says she wants it or she doesn't say she wants it. In case y'all ever feel like y'all need to just help a person out on the sideline. I like edible. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> Let me stop. But I think I commend both of you guys because obviously it's working. So let's keep this rich conversation going. I personally like to segue over into Black history since this is a month of Black history. Let's talk a little bit about Black history. How about if we start out with each defining Black history as what you think it is? There's no wrong answer. So what's your definition, Greg, of Black history? How do you define it? Black history is, is looking at the struggles that our forefathers went through, understanding how they helped us get to where we are. And, you know, you know, when you look at some of these things and I, you know, I always wonder, you know, Man, how could I, I? I don't know. I've been dead because you know I know I, I I'm kind of quick tempered, <laughs> you know. So, you know the things that they had to do in order to get us to allow us to have what we have today. So I, I look at Black history as a testament of what the struggle that they got they brought us through to get to where we are. Ooh, I like. Do you agree, Bobby? Or do you want to add or take away? I guess add, not take away. I concur. But what I try to do is, as we talk about those things that contributed to present day, what I'm noticing is, is that with the younger generation within their families, there are members in their families that have done things that were really honorable that helped the younger generation. And the younger generation doesn't realize it because that individual does not talk about it at all. I find myself to be that way. Uh, I'm starting to learn now with the younger generation within my family, that means nieces, nephews, and cousins, to really talk about my challenges and achievements in life and what have contributed to it. And in doing so, in their eyes, I am a celebrity as far as Black History Month, because they can't really relate to Obama or anybody beyond that. Um, they need a little bit more something in reality that they can touch. 
And I say that in case in this situation, because I had an aunt. I knew my aunt was very smart, never talked about her achievements. Only upon her death, uh, outside of knowing that she had a doctorate degree, uh, I learned that she was a minister and she did a lot of outreach with the police force and had made some changes in the community. She never spoke about it, but there were, and, and when she died, uh, the police chief attended her funeral and that was a surprise. So you, these youth have black heroes within their family that contribute to the Black History Month. And it just the fact is I think they need to speak out more about what they've done. Absolutely. You know, I, I like the way you both kind of meshed and, and together you combine what Black history is. And personally, don't get me wrong, I'm not a hater of any of the civil rights and the ones before and after, but every year we hear typically about Martin Luther King. And don't get me wrong, salute, salute, salute. But to for me this year, I appreciated hearing the insight as his wife was brought out into the forefront, Coretta Scott King and all what she did to help out. She's probably one of my sheroes of black history. What about you guys? Who, who comes to mind when you hear the term or phrase black history? Who are some of the ones that stand out most for you? Well, I would tell you is that uh, I'm more like Bobby. I look closer to home when I look at, because you know, one of the things I had an uncle that showed me what it was that I can attribute to, you know, he, he did very well, same thing with her. I saw that, you know, he had you know, the cars, he had sending people to school, things like that. And I wanted to do that for myself. That's one of the things I did say, you know, I was like, also like Bobby that I had, I had a rough coming up, you know, didn't have the best things. And I had to make sure that one of the things, you know, seeing that is that, okay, I'm wanting to provide this for my son. So you had to have something to look forward to. So that's what I think that we, and I think that's the problem today as well, is that a lot of our kids, the unit, family unit, the uncles, the aunts are not in the family, in, in, in the lives of these youngsters that they're coming up. So they're looking like, you know, we talked about social media and all that stuff like that. And they're looking more to that instead of looking at some of the heroes, both now and past. And I think we we have to get them back to looking at the more positive role models. Absolutely. I, you know, what can we do in terms of, and I'll just stay with Black history because before this is over, I want us to talk about some of the trending topics, but just out of curiosity, each year, and we're in the same age group and you know, you've got your families, what are some things that you do to celebrate Black history right now? Give us some of the things that you've done, if you don't mind, briefly. I'll let Bobby go. Okay, well, I pretty much, uh, as far as celebrate, just visit the uh, local Black History Museum. And the one in Jacksonville is the Ritz. Really? Is it open all the time or is it just open? I didn't realize that. Yeah, they have a they have a small area there that talks about the black history in Jacksonville. And in addition to that, I think they just opened up the hospital. Uh that used to be the black hospital in Jacksonville. I can't remember where on it a, is. On A Street? Is that Bruce? No, it's downtown. The original hospital that only black people could go to in Jacksonville. Oh wow. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Teach us. <laughs> what? Well, that, that goes towards 
what I learned about Black history, and I, and I do that locally, but once I, if ever I complete such my discoveries locally, then obviously I look forward to other cities. Obviously one of my things on the bucket list, I like to go to Washington DC and visit, uh, was it the African American Museum up there? Yes, yes. You, are you talking about the one um, that they recently opened that has different floors? I actually went and believe it or not, we've got a class member. Well, she graduated a year before we did. Chandra Cheeseboro, who was on another show. Literally, she is one of the, she has memorabilia because she ran in the Olympics during when we were in high school. She was actually a runner. And so she's actually got her uniform there that she donated. And if you've ever, if, when you get a chance to go, it's, it's heart-wrenching. There are some things that I did not know or I knew. And man, the way they've got each floor set up, it is amazing. Have you had a chance to go at all, Greg? Yeah, uh, where is that now, sir? In Washington, in the, at oh, the... Yeah, yeah. We, went, we went... What? Went through all floors, as a matter of fact, too, but you can never get through the whole thing in one sitting. Oh, it, what did you remember about it? What did you like? What did I like? I like the whole thing. I mean, just looking, going through, looking at and reading about what was happening back in the day, even to the present day. You know, I, I definitely stayed, I looked, you know, of course, you know, Martin Luther King and going back to um, before that, you know, with the, the understanding where that came from, how it all started, you know. So, I mean, it's just, it was a whole lot. I went about four years ago. Me too. Uh, and, uh, you know, we were just talking about because uh, we got a letter, we got a, a, a pamphlet in the mail about becoming a member. Oh, okay. Uh, they have different levels of membership, you know, from 25 up to $10,000. But, and you get so many things, commitment things to it. And we were looking at that today. And as a matter of fact, it's funny, it came today. Wow. So, yeah. You know, I just, yeah. I hope we don't forget, you know, where we've come from. But I just believe, honestly, with the era of, well, we'll just take President Obama. Who would have ever thunk, as my grandmother would say, that we would be able to say we have had an African-American president. But if you could give some advice to the younger people, what would you say to them to keep our rich history going? To not, to not lose sight of that. A lot of times I know I talk to, you know, I being, I'm a deacon in my church. So I deal with the youth a lot. I have the youth rushes, I teach them like every fourth Sunday. Uh, you know, before COVID. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that they get into, they get stuck in the head is that that was then. I said, no, that's now. Because that you wouldn't have the now that you have today if it didn't have the then. So you got to realize that it's just like you go through first grade, second grade, and then uh, senior high in college, you got to do that. That's the same thing that they did for us, you know? So, you know, just we have to continue to reinforce our ancestors you know not only the, you know the stars that we know of you know one of the guys that used to come and teach at you know at my church is ct vivian most people don't know them but he marched with martin Luther king he, he was a, a lieutenant but nobody knows of him all right you know you got you know being in atlanta you know you got so much Hosea jose williams you know you got so many folks that are the andrew young you know we the first black mayor of atlanta you know so, well, actually it was Manny Free, but Manny was the first one and Andrew was second. But the whole point of the matter is that there's a lot of history there that we have to tap into to understand what we can for it to get to, so that we as a, as a 
community can understand where we got to get to and continue on because we got to set that we got to continue continue to set the seeds so that the trees that grows now are for the youth that are coming up behind us. Absolutely. Bobby, did you want to say any parting thoughts with regards to Black history before we take uh, our final break? No, I, I, I agree with what Greg said. Uh, on the, in addition, and I'm just using a different word, that a lot of the young generations don't think they have, they're empowered or do have the power to make change. Mm -hmm. And you need to reinforce them that we're in a country of democracy, okay? And what that means and that the, one of the foundations of democracy is to vote. So you can change things by voting, change things by being an activist. It can be done. You know, it's, it's not uh, try to change their mind saying, well, it's just gonna be what it's gonna be. I can't change things. Yes, you can, or you can be a contributor to changing. Absolutely, I'll leave it at that. I, I, I applaud. I echo everything you guys are saying. You know, before we take our last break, guys, I just want to have us think throughout the break as we get ready to come back and just talk a little bit about what we might believe is prompting this latest trend of suicides amongst our young African-Americans within recent weeks. And so when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we invite you to think about that and, and maybe let's see if these guys can shed any light on what we believe might be going on. So if we will, guys, let's just take our final break and we will be right back. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for taking that final break. We're back. And I believe, guys, we've got to address the elephant in the room. And what I mean by the elephant in the room, you guys are technologically savvy based on your skill sets, your careers, your consultants, your professionals in the technology arena. But where I want to go with this is surely with you guys taking advantage of technology and social media and, and the likes, surely you've seen what I've seen because we've had discussions about this rash of suicides in the African-American community, especially. I can't speak for everybody. But what are your thoughts on, do, well, first of all, I've read stories or articles that say technology and social media are big rationales behind why we are seeing this big trend. So within the last six months, my first question is, have either of you been impacted in any way with maybe someone close to you that has found themselves in this news, in this trend? If so, can you share a little bit about it? And then from there, let's talk about what we might think is causing it. So why don't we start with you, Gregory? Greg, I keep saying Gregory. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> call me late for dinner. But I, <laughs> yes, I just, you know, personally, I, I you know, I went through this, my nephew, my, my great nephew, it was my niece's son, uh, 17 years old, graduated early, was doing well, you know, I didn't know there was a problem, but he went to Jacksonville, the highest bridge, Haynes Bridge, uh, and jumped off, killed himself. And he left, you know, but then what we, you know, after the investigation and things like that, he left his he left his mom a note telling he loved her and nothing nothing she did just uh, something that he couldn't deal anymore but he was on social media and they found 
on his computer that there was some site that goes to that that's all they talk about. And they were egging him on to do it. And uh, and one of the things that he did was he, you know, his last login said, tell so-and-so I did it. So that's why I say that uh, we have to be very careful and vigilant and in, in, in especially with our kids because they don't tell us things. And see, when we grew up, we didn't have, you know, we we talk about you know we you know Bobby and I know what what drove the internet was porn, you know we had to go grab you know if a father had a magazine you <laughs> look at it you know whatever on the side, but now they could do it from the telephone, but they can also have all these chat rooms from the telephone, and they're doing it all the time and not, and everybody that's on in those chat rooms are not who they say they are. All right, that's the main thing that we have to understand, and they have to understand that is that they get called up into these conversations that they shouldn't be in. And they have to know when they're in a conversation that they're in and get off of it and back away. And, you know, so, you know, it's it's hard. And then we, you know, at my nephew's funeral, a young lady came from Philadelphia. Her son, same thing, 19 years old. Out of nowhere, kills him. So it, it's, it's epidemic out there and we have to, you know, we have to be in their lives. You know, a lot of times they're not going to tell us. So, but we have to be in there. A lot of times, you know, we had to do, we're from the old age where, you know, we had to suck it up. The new generation is not like that anymore. So we have to be careful with that and how we address it and how we approach it. But, and we have to give them steps that they could take in order to come out of that. You know, and 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 monitor it. You know, you just can't, you know, say something and then hope it's going to take care of itself. You got to monitor it. Stay, stay there. Keep talking uh -huh. to it. You know, before you jump in, Bobby, I don't want to sound insensitive at all, Greg. Of course, my sincerest condolences. <clears throat> I I'm getting choked up here for a couple of reasons. First of all, not just one person in your family, but within a short time, within a week's time, you heard from somebody else. And, and I know, ladies and gentlemen, our, our listeners come from all walks of life, but this is personal. I mean, we're talking in the African-American community, two young men that you know of in just a brief period of time. Yes, there was a note, but y'all gotta help me with this one. Before we go any farther, again, my sincerest condolences. I agree with everything you've said. Bobby, do you want to weigh in here to give your thoughts? I agree with what Greg said. My observation is because of the use of technology, that younger generation is concerned about image. And what I mean is, what does other people think about me? Yes. And for some reason, they don't have the confidence to feel good about themselves. They, they look to be justified by someone else. And if they feel that that justification is negative because in that generation, as I said in IT, people are not who they say they are, or people will say things that they think is funny when the, other, when the person is trying to take it seriously. And that drives a depression. 
And instead of communicating to the, the family, as Greg said, you got to talk to them. You got to talk on their level. Mm-hmm. You know, they will hold it in because they, they feel that you wouldn't understand. And so that since they don't have anyone to talk to, professional, whatever, they end up just taking their life. Why? Because maybe somebody on social media says, you need to just end your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just a waste of, 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 of human flesh. You know, you don't know that, but it, it could be just that. Uh, and again, I reiterate uh, the last things that Greg said, you got to communicate, communicate, and you got to monitor. Wow. Guys, you know, it's interesting we're having this conversation. I tried to get my daughter and my niece to join us. And my daughter made a very, I guess, profound comment. She says, Mom, people in my generation, we all need a therapist. I'm going to go on record and say we all as a race, as a whole need therapists. But for her to say that after she lost her brother, I'm going to be honest. I mean, it wasn't suicide in his regard, but I missed some cues. I began to think I was listening when, in fact, I was talking. Then I had my niece to echo. She says, one of the things that she's challenged with, she says, first of all, it's not hard to take your life. She says, because when they come to us as adults, first of all, we have a tendency to think I'm older. You're supposed to respect me. And she went on record to say to me, well, you know, every time an adult speaks, if they're saying crazy stuff, then I shouldn't have to listen. I shouldn't have to respect them. Or for that one that says you're too young to have problems. What do you guys say to that when they're saying I need to talk? What advice can we give them? The main thing you can do is listen. That's the main, you have to listen, not try to take over the conversation. So a lot of times we want, we're, we hear them and we're, you know, while they're talking, we're already formulating in our mind what we're gonna say to them to order to show that wisdom that we have. It's not about that anymore. It's about just listening and saying, you know, uh, now, if they, you know, give them some guidance, and you know, I say, if you want to talk, maybe give them some suggestions, and maybe you want to talk about it later and see what you think. Uh, how about this? But a lot of times, we we have to stop trying to be counselor or uh, philosopher in their lives and just be the listener. And a lot of times, that's all they need. But a lot of times, when we we when we when we interject, we interject how we grew up, and we grew up, you know, you know, you know we. We didn't wear seatbelts. We drunk from the fire hose. You know, we can't do all that stuff anymore, you know. But it, you know, so it's a it's a different world out there now. So, and we have to be able to we have to meet them where they are. Excellent, excellent point. What about you, Bobby? Any last minute thoughts? I, I agree. You got to listen. You got to be able to talk on their level. My, I might be a little lengthy. My time in the military gave me exposure to people who wanted to commit suicide. People don't believe that, but uh, at the age of 18, not me. Well, no, I was at 18. That was the first time I I saw somebody try to commit suicide. It was when I was in boot camp. As I got older, the next few people, I was around the age of 20 committing suicide, each one leaving a letter. There was no technology at the time. But it taught me that what was happening, no one was listening to them and trying to understand what was a concern of theirs. As such, they considered themselves a failure and tried to 
just end it all. To them, it was more better to end it all instead of living through the misery that they were going through. And as far as listening goes, it is an art because as Greg said, you, you don't want to interject, but you want to be able to listen for the cue when, they want, when they're asking you for your opinion and an opinion that's on their level, not on your level. As Greg said, instead of saying you're too young to have those problems, wait till you get older. You know, hmm. that's, that's like a death sentence in that regards. Wow. I'll stop there. I, I, you know, guys, I wish we could just keep going with this, but unfortunately the clock on the wall says we've got to bring our rich conversation to a close. And guys, before I go, I, I know I'm not trying to send clients or people your way, but state your name once again for our audience, for those that might have missed when we started our rich conversation, just state your name. And one thing that you might want them to remember about something you said here today. I'm Greg Bonton. And I think that, like I said, uh, we have to be there for our youth because they are our future. And, you know, just be there to listen, listen to them and uh, provide feedback and provide positive reinforcement. I like, what about you, Bobby? State your name Bo one last time and closing thought. I'm Bobby Hart. And I echo what Greg just said, a big ditto. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as you can imagine, I really hate bringing this rich discussion to a close, but it's the clock on the wall that guides me and keeps me here. So if you missed everything and you just want to go back and maybe let your, your young adults or your family members hear, again, what they said, always remember you can catch our re replay on our website at www.igma inc.org. Once again, that's www.igmainc.org. Click on podcast. In the meantime, I hope you'll continue to join us and encourage others to connect with us every Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for more informative episodes of All That Matters Talk Show. Feel free to email me your preferred talk topics, and I'll be happy to do what I can to get some insight as to how we can air them. Send to me at admin at igmainc.org or simply pick up the phone and dial me at 770-422-4048. And don't forget to connect with all of our exciting broadcast hosts every weekend for an eclectic listening experience. So until next Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, stay healthy and safe. And remember, what we value at IGMA Inc. is all that matters to you. Good night. <laughs>